This is riveting. Find more at riveting.fm. I'm Morgan. I'm a publicist. I'm Linda, and I'm a writer and editor. This is Drink, Drink, Drunk, a grammar show with a drinking problem. Today, we're going to talk about sad news. We have a special guest. We're going to talk about the words of the year and history. I love history. I'm glad you said everything so I don't remember because my brain is so filled. Yeah. So we thought that. Okay. So you know how we live in a time machine. So this is the first episode we're recording in 2017 officially, even though we're already a couple weeks into it by the time you're listening to this. And we thought that 2016 was bad. They stole our heroes. They stole our icons. They stole our faith and our values. Yep. And then I didn't think it could get any worse. Six days into 2017, January 2017, January 6th, 2017, they took Tilikum. This has been by far the worst year that we've ever experienced. <laughs> By far. By far. As as like in my own life and also for humanity. R.I.P. In case you're completely ignorant, Tilikum is the most famous killer whale in the world. Yeah. He lived to 36, which makes me fear my mortality. It's good. This is all about you. Practically 36. Wow. Well, okay. You're like 32. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it's funny. Because my husband, Anthony, said, 36, that's pretty old. I was like, what is your reference point that you even say that he's pretty old? For whales. Because actually, he's not. Because if he was in the wild, he'd probably live till he was like 80. Really? Because actually, just a few days ago, I think a killer whale died who they think was like 100. How do they know? Here's the thing. They don't even know for sure how old he is. Because they done kidnapped him. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, but... so. World claims that like <laughs> whisper their name. I know. <laughs> he who shall not be named. Um, actually, that's God. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> they claim that like orcas live to like you know thirties or whatever. Uh, this is all like you know I don't know actual numbers or facts, but okay. like sure, they sure. claim something. Why to start that, now? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not gonna do any research before this podcast. That would go against our values. Mm-hmm. But like. They claim something like the 30s, but like other scientists are being like, no, because you were only measuring or recording the whales in captivity, whales in captivity. The whales that we are tracking outside of captivity live to be like as old as humans live to be. So they could be like in their 60s or 70s or whatever. Wow. I just Googled killer whale lifespan and these both come up for in captivity. There's clearly stated in captivity female 29 male 17 yikes so yeah old for captivity that's brutal he probably got a lot of energy from the three people he killed not his fault well okay so that brings me to He's a killer whale he is a killer whale so the news coverage of Tillicum's passing is very interesting to me because it's really split between people who cover it as um the whale who actually killed. The whale who killed. So Washington Post, for example. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Is that Tillicum? <laughs> what was that noise? 
Okay. Uh, Washington Post, for example, some other uh, say um, Tillicum, the infamous orca that killed a SeaWorld trainer is dead. And so there, there's the half and half between people who in their headlines say Tillicum, the murderous fish. Yeah. Tillicum. Also fish. Yeah. Come on. SeaWorld Fact orca check. who killed trainer. Orca who killed three, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the other half of people say um, the famed orca and subject of blackfish or yeah. the killer whale featured in blackfish. or So he that's pretty much all that he's known for. Rest in peace. <sighs> Forever in our hearts. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to this show, you know how important whales are to Linda in particular. Mm-hmm. specifically Tillicum. He sired 14 children. All right. Well, I guess we'll get on to this other thing that we have to talk about. Well, we have a guest in That's what I mean. our midst. <laughs> we won't just sit here. What if we just sat here and talked about Tillicum the whole time and never introduced Dan? He would just stay in the corner and blow his nose. <laughs> He'd be like, I can't believe that I looked for parking for so long. And you guys aren't even introducing me. Oh, but he could still share the link with all his friends and be like, hear me blow my nose <laughs> at minute mark two. <laughs> we pretended it was dead Tillicum. <laughs> or at least I did. Dan Gross is here, everybody. Yay! Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Um, before we get into what you do and why you're here... I read a really funny post you put on Facebook today that was about a dead animal. Yes. Much like Tillicum. Much like Much, Tillicum. Yeah, a little smaller, but <laughs> and furrier. Okay. And uh, she f- sired less children. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my, my dog Stella um, was Our a Yorkie. Kids. Actually, my wife Holly had her long before uh, I had ever met her. But yeah, we had her together for many years, and then uh, she died in 2012. Uh, but I'd made this Facebook post because my daughter, who knew her, uh, my daughter's five and a half. She uh, overlapped with Piper in life for about maybe maybe a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But I don't think actually has any memories of her. <coughs> Excuse me. But she will occasionally, out of nowhere, get really upset that Stella is dead. Uh, and awesome. like start to cry. <laughs> Especially, uh, and most notably, at bedtime, like, which we ta- yeah. we've taken as like a delaying. Yeah, d- totally. But totally. to her credit, there are, there is a painting of Stella in her room. There's a painting well, of our that dog may be Clark, your fault. Stella, and Arthur, <laughs> possibly. Um, but this morning, out of nowhere, Piper asked, uh, "You know, was I a baby when Stella was still alive?" I said, "Yeah, you were alive. You were probably about a year and a half when when she died," and she said. Is she buried somewhere? Oh. And I said, no, she actually got cremated. Because I kind of figured, at what point are you supposed to tell a kid the truth? <laughs> yeah, or no. Like if I te- why should I lie to her now? And then at what point is she old enough to know the truth? So yeah. Like, I mean, the rule I is you her? should be honest unless it's like totally, totally inappropriate. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. So I said... She was cremated, and she said, "What does that mean?" I said, "It's when they take your body and burn it." Well, you could have done that better, maybe. You, in what way could I have done that better? They take your body and turn it into ashes. How? How, Daddy? How do they turn it into ashes? Magic, Santa. Well, that's getting that's getting back into lying, which I was trying to avoid. Okay, oh, whatever. Um, if you mix it in with a lie that you're already telling, like Santa, it doesn't count. True. She might be listening. Um, we love Santa. Santa's so real. 
So I mentioned, you know, I said she was uh, cremated. That means that's when they burn your body and, you know, you get like a collection of ashes. Oh you can you can scatter. I said if she had a favorite place somewhere, uh, we could have scattered them there. But she didn't really have anywhere outside that she liked. Um, she you sounds know, like a great time. We, we could have scattered her under a coffee table where she used to scratch herself <laughs> relentlessly. Um, but instead, we, we have her ashes in like a... I don't know. I guess it's like a tiny coffin-looking thing. Oh, weird! Um, it's with, called an urn. It's, well, it's not really an urn. It's more of a box. Um, right. But I'm it's got say it. it's, this is weird. it's embossed or engraved, if you will, with yeah. her name. Uh, uh, and it's on top of our fridge, mostly because well, when we moved, we unpacked her with love. Yeah. And um, you know, I didn't really have a place to put her. Why didn't you put her in Piper's room <laughs> with the painting? Maybe. Well, maybe I will now. Um, you well, should so, have a new painting commissioned and have them use the ashes. A painting as... of the ashes. <laughs> That's no, a... use the ashes in the painting. Mm. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. fucked up. All right, finish the story. Oh, okay. Well, it's good. So I told Piper, you know, they, uh, she was cremated. We have her in this thing on top of the fridge. She said, can I see her ashes? I said, I don't know. Let me ask mommy. I don't know if I want to show you that. <laughs> I said, but, but like, I, I might have done enough damage well, already. I said, I don't have him with me. So either way, it's got to be later when we get home. Um, Where were you? I was dropping her off at school. Okay. We were probably like... <laughs> this is like right before she goes to school. Yeah, okay. we were like three minutes away from her school. So apparently early in the day at school, uh, they do what's called circle time where the kids sit around and they all <laughs> they all like share different things or whatever. Yeah. Now, I didn't know any of this until after karate, which I had picked her up from school. We went to karate. And then she like kind of casually references, goes... I told everyone in circle time about Stella that you burned her. I said, what do you mean that I burned her? And she goes, she said, I told my teacher, I told the class that you burned Stella when she died. And I said, I didn't burn her, which I realized I didn't make that clear that like, that like the vets, although I'm pretty sure when I first told her, I said that the vets or somebody does it. Right. But I was like, how did this come up? And then she said it was in circle time. I said, you told the whole class? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. I said, tell me exactly what you said. I said, I'll be your t- her, uh, her teacher, Mrs. Spinelli. I said, I'll be Mrs. Spinelli. Okay, thank you for sharing, uh, Vincenzo. Piper, it's your turn. What would you like to say? What did you say? And she goes, I said that when I was a baby, we had a dog named Stella and she died, and my daddy burned her body, and now her ashes are on the fridge. And I said, I, I said, what did they say? And she goes, well, Ava started to cry, <laughs> but she didn't, she didn't want us to know she was crying, but I think she was crying. I said, that's terrible, but I started laughing too. I said, but she also said, this the part that worried me, she goes, Mrs. Spinelli went over and talked to Mrs. Kopak and then came back and said, did your daddy really burn your dog? And I said, yes. And I was like, fuck. I was like, this is not the relationship I need to have with your teachers where they think that I'm running around burning dogs. Who's Mrs. Kopak? Uh, she's like the co-teacher. Okay. So oh, I said, I, I like made her tell it to me again just so I like could understand yeah. it. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. It, it's to, on Facebook, you wrote stewing. my... 
she said, my daddy burned our dead dog in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when I the second time when I made her go through it. That's basically how the she said it. The backyard really got me. Yeah, me too. Well, yeah, I think. Is that? Oh, no. You have the ashes inside. Well, we have the ashes inside. But yeah. I guess that's she was weird. just picturing where you would have burned a dead dog. I suppose so. Backyard. You don't have a fireplace, I guess. No. <laughs> no, nor did we at the time of her departure. Okay. Uh, or, or really at any time since. Or a fire pit. No. We had access to a fire pit. So why would she, she had think been, that? She was, she was, uh, <laughs> she was had one been, <laughs> had, had been burned or had been deceased and whatnot by oh, then. Oh man! Um, but but the you know point is, I was grappling with like, okay, do I have to contact the teachers about this? And if so when, like, and yeah. how? Yeah. So I was like, I could write a note because there's these special papers that they give you. Like, if you want to communicate with them, you use like this notebook. I was like. I, I'm not feeling like weird. Because then you have the to notebook. write down like dead dog burning. And it's well, weird. I wrote it down, but don't you drop her off? Typing. You just said you dropped her off, right? Yeah, that's right. So could you go in there and just talk to the teachers? No, you can't because it's set up. You can't get out of the car or like do anything like that. It's the whole production. Mm. Um, also, it's Friday afternoon. You have to wait till Monday. Right at this point, it was like five something. So I was like, let me just send them an email. Yeah, so I tried oh, to clarify okay. over email. I said that. You know, there might. A, I think the subject line was potential misunderstanding about our dog. <laughs> <clears throat> and so, were you like, here are the things that are true? Yes, the dog is dead. The dog was burned, and yes, the dog's ashes are on top of the fridge. I, I here are the things the that are untrue. I did not do it. <laughs> That's all bullets. Yeah, I I, I was envisioning bullets, Brian. Yeah. Well, I tried to take an apologetic tone. I didn't acknowledge in the email that I laughed upon hearing that this <laughs> no, girl cried. I yeah, no. Um, but I said, "Sorry, no. Ava's such a bitch." <laughs> I said, um, "You know, uh, Piper told me that, you know, during circle time, she told the class something along the lines of my daddy burned our dead dog in the backyard.' <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I said, you know." And, and that this caused one of her classmates to cry. That I'm sorry if I inadvertently caused a, a disturbance in class. Uh, but I said, for the record, you know, a, a professional veterinarian <laughs> yeah. uh, performed the uh, cremation, and we have her ashes in a, you know, an engraved box. So Dan, who the hell are you? Oh, all right. <laughs> Um, Just kidding, I'll introduce you. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Dan uh, runs a website. Was that the right word? <laughs> is, is this the introduction? Is it going to be all questions? No. So your website's called Elevated Nation. Correct. And... But you supply you all. You want the... me to just take over? Yeah. All right. Uh, I have a couple of jobs right now. Uh, I run a website called Elevated Nation. Yeah, which right. Is a, That's right. It sounded a cannabis weird. Uh, news and culture blog. Um, I also have a PR and crisis communications practice called Gross Communications. Um, that's about it. Uh, for a while, I worked at the Philadelphia Daily News, which gave me the skills and abilities I needed to. Do all the other shit I'm doing now. Dan Gross, Great notable job journalism, <laughs> notable Pre journalist. In also, president of the union. Yeah, I was the president of the uh, newspaper guild of Greater Philadelphia, local when? ten, from 2009 to 2013. I actually took office the same day as Obama. My inauguration oh. was slightly overshadowed <laughs> by his. Now it's ringing a bell. So, on your website, 
You cover cannabis news and culture. You are not the only writer, though. You have other people who cover these, this stuff for you, yeah, with have, you. Uh, with me, for me, whatever you, you want to say. Um, right. A lot of the other people who contribute are like experts in the field, like mm-hmm. lawyers who might work in the cannabis arena or uh, well, mostly lawyers, I think, have, have been the guest columnist so far. But um, yeah, they help out. They write things kind of first person op-ed style. Uh, they get bylines and photos and all that stuff. Everything that's not listed with a picture or mm-hmm. a name is pretty much written by me. But it never really says that. I think right. I mentioned myself on there once, but I figure it just has the site has its own voice. Very cool. So when you worked at the Philadelphia Daily News, you were the gossip columnist. Yeah. What position do you feel like you is more credible or you get like less guff for being the gossip columnist or the weed journalist? Well, the weed <laughs> journalist, I've had a lot more time to get guff for being the gossip columnist. Mm. Uh, Elevated Nation's only about three and a half months old and, uh, you know, it doesn't have the audience that the Daily News did. But for, for a while, I had the... I don't know if it was a bad reputation, but, you know, I, I no, wrote I'm a not... gossip column for a newspaper and people, yeah. I think traditionally people think it's more exciting or more tawdry than it usually is. Definitely. Um, but it does kind of have that kind of connotation. And uh, it's funny because every time I think it's like, okay, I'm done or, you know, it's oh, not that like, I've, I'm forgotten. Not like that, but like, I'll get like weird reminders <laughs> that like people remember me from that, which... Like I was at, uh, I saw this band Dag Nasty at the TLA the other night and I was walking into the venue and all of a sudden this girl or woman was like, Dan Gross. So I was like, hey. And like in my head, I'm trying to be like, shit, who is she? I, I don't yeah. recognize her and I'm trying to, and she's like, oh, you don't know me. I was like, oh, great. I was like, that, that, I was like, that helps because I was trying to figure out who you were. But she's like, no, I just remember you from the Daily News and blah, blah. And she like goes, starts. I was like, oh, great. Well, very good to meet you. Gave her my card. I had a pocket full of Elevated Nation cards at the moment. Nice, nice. So, yeah. That's about it. (laughs) All right. Well, it's super interesting. Do you, can you just um, highlight like one or two stories from the past three and a half months that you would think people should read or you're proud of or are interesting? Because I think people might not realize the depth of content that there is. You're not like a frat guy talking about pot. You're like, it's a serious the business. New York Times of marijuana, I like to say. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I appreciate you saying that. But uh, pot's pot's becoming a pretty serious business in this country. Very much so. Mm-hmm. A, uh, recently estimated as a nine billion dollar a year industry. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, mu- much of that has not trickled down to to websites <laughs> that that cover it. However, hold uh, on. But, oh yeah, exactly. But um, no, one of the there's a couple stories that I can think of. Uh, one, we had a first-person essay by a canna mom, so to speak. It was a woman okay. uh, named Erica Daniels who was coming out uh, on our pages, so to speak, as uh, a canna mom, meaning she treats her autistic son with uh, cannabis oil and different kind of products uh, derived huh. from cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, you know, she kind of felt it liberating to be able to yeah. to tell people. I actually have had a couple recent coming out stories. Um mm-hmm. Uh, an old friend of mine named Robbie Redcheeks, who was very active in the uh, straight edge hardcore punk community, and you know, very adamantly drug free, anti drug smoking 
alcohol, all that stuff for many years. Uh, he had he got diabetes about a year ago, and he's been suffering severe foot pain. And fairly recently, he started taking uh, marijuana infused edibles mm. to deal with his foot pain. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was doing it in secret. He didn't want people to find out because you know, oh man, you sell out. You know, yeah. we, we thought you were down or whatever. Um, but he decided to um, that he was going to let me tell his story. So we recently did a story. Uh, about his decision to, you know, treat his foot pain mm -hmm. with edibles. And, you know, he got a lot of support for it. Um, Great. We had another story from a, uh, a fairly, not not huge, but a decent-sized weed dealer in California who was kind of writing about, here's what I would, here's what I predict about, you know, what's going to happen when Pennsylvania gets medical, like dealers, basically kind of a don't worry weed dealers you'll be all right mm. because uh, okay. your prices you'll still be able to beat the dispensaries and there's still going to be a demand and people aren't going to want to be on the registries people still don't want to go to their primary physician well exactly <laughs> <laughs> no, that, all of those things i mean i think yeah. with uh you know there is a medical program in pennsylvania that's going to start at some point in 2018 but i think that if you're someone who already has access to a friend or whoever that'll just get you weed and that's how you roll You'll probably just keep doing that rather than like, I'm going to go try and fool the doctor into thinking I have. Yeah, that's like a lot of work. Or something. Yeah. And you got to plan ahead and it's not just like, yeah. Yeah. There's like a couple like there's like 17 like really severe things that you would need to have in order to get it. You can't go yeah. in and like fake ALS. Oh, well, because yeah, you hear those stories where you can just like go in and be like, I'm anxious. And they like, yeah, but uh, no, yeah. you can totally do that in, in like California. In right. No, in state, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like in different states, but yeah, no, that's not the case. You know, Pennsylvania, state. it's going to be slow and backwards and hard to do just like everything. Hey, we have the Amish. They're awesome. <laughs> no, they're, they're a little, they're a little slow, and slow, backwards and backwards. Hard. I, I don't know if they're hard job. to do, oh. but. Well, anyway, if you guys want to know more, elevatednation.com. Thank you. Elevated NTN on Twitter. Check it out. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. There you I go. Was, I was like, I feel like I follow you guys on Instagram. Yeah. I just didn't have all that information. I'm sorry. I'm bad at doing research. It. Not at all. <laughs> So, guys, remember 2016? No. Yes. <laughs> I do. It's over. Uh, and Well, we were excited. Now I'm not. Yeah, we were ready for 2017, and then it fucking kicked us in the nards. Well, it was always kind of going through, though. Like, I, I toward the end of 2016, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's almost over. You know, it'll be 2017 soon, and everyone's yeah. talking about, like, celebrity yeah. deaths and all this kind of stuff. But, like... You yeah. sort of still had out there. Like, I don't. I don't know if the show gets political, but you sort of still had out there. Like, oh yeah, it doesn't Every undo everything that ha just happened. Right. In yeah. fact, <laughs> it actually gets worse. It like actually suddenly, suddenly this individual that every day True. you just get more fucking he loses, about. He loses that hyphen like, elect. It becomes a real thing. <laughs> that part gets worse, and I also kept saying in my head, but like not out loud to people. But I was like, guys, people are gonna keep dying. Yeah, like, I know. that's how time works. We're all slowly yeah, dying it's like or we're all quickly like, dying. Oh, we're all dying. Thank God we got through 2016 without Betty White dying. Guess what? 
Yeah. 2017 is only more likely that that's going to happen. Coming for Wait, you just well, killed we, Betty White. You know what? Wow. Can we talk about something? Can yes. we talk about the shitty state of the media? Yes. Here's, here's my problem. <sighs> it's shitty. Some asshole starts like a GoFundMe or whatever that's like, uh, donate money to save Betty White. I saw We're going to get private security or whatever. Like, all right, it's kind of funny, but like, why does that have to be news on Barely every funny. like legit news website? Yeah. And also, who's like, giving money to that? Well, apparently, it's like, you know, if she declines the private security, the money goes to like, Oh, I don't know. Nice. Okay. Elderly actresses the or something like that. The dude who started the thing. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. But I just don't like how it's like everything's a gimmick now, you know? Like you do some dumb shit and you get, you're like viral, you get around the world. Well, yeah. And it's, I mean, talk about like trickle down. Do we really have to cover every fucking tweet he writes? Is it all newsworthy? Yes, because. More so than that. No, sorry, I'm yes, sorry. Go because ahead. Yeah, I, I he has no access. The press pool has no access. To yeah, him, exactly. So literally... But the tweets are about the fucking celebrity apprentice and Arnold Schwarzenegger. That does not deserve a couple minute segment. I think it is actually newsworthy that our president elect is tweeting about something that's so stupid. Like that's I mean, not how the media frames it. No, I understand, and I agree with you on that. I just think it's like weird and noteworthy and people should know that he is doing that but I look look at it in a different way that's like yeah. why is that happening um I but everything is lowest common denominator Dan shit. can you answer that I mean you worked as a gossip columnist at a newspaper at the decline be, of newspapers like are you because if you of, were still a gossip columnist wouldn't you be like everyone stop covering my shit like I, that's my like realm to cover this like weird stuff that happens well except it's not weird stuff that happens if if he's got a twitter audience of you know tens of millions of people mm -hmm. and you know as brian pointed out like the press doesn't really have access and given the nature of who this person is basically anything he does or says now is newsworthy yeah like it would be different if he was just well it was different during the campaign even though unfortunately that was still the case yeah so like every it, the, you know that argument could have been made better six, seven months ago, like, well, how come every stupid thing he does gets 20 minutes on CNN? Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, now that he's... Now that he's president-elect, just like everything that President Obama does or that Michelle Obama does, like, they... That gets news no matter what it is. I mean, it could be something kind of silly, but, like, it still gets... Well, right. That's the whole a idea. A ton of news because he is who he is. So it's, like, not silly kind of I don't it's know just, like I follow like I follow her on Snapchat and nobody's ever covering I mean it's all nice and volunteer and kids and stuff like there's nobody is doing play-by-plays of Michelle Obama's Snapchat nobody is well because she's not attacking people I mean that's yeah you gotta think, she's like, not doing news it's, so what so every but so what I'm saying is I'm I'm invalidating your point that everything somebody does is newsworthy they're doing something newsworthy if they're going outside of the expected persona and that's what he's doing he's a president now so like or he's going to be and so it's like if he goes outside what's expected which is that he should just be handing this over to his staff to like give out happy yeah. new year <laughs> like whatever yeah like stupid tweets like that so since he's doing something that is actually like giving substance to like his personality or whatever like that is newsworthy and it's coming but they from don't him. cover it from that angle I'm not saying that. Yeah. I never said it. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. that that's why it's... And they never yeah. have, and that's what's so frustrating. Nobody yeah. even points out that it's bullshit. But the media thrives uh, on conflict pretty much in any situation. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, no, it doesn't matter whether it's Trump or not or whatever the story is, you always want to get the opposing viewpoint. And if the pr opposing viewpoint 
if the two people are, you know, attacking each other, it's a better story no matter what. And, you know, because of the fact that pretty much all Trump does is attack someone, it's kind of an instant conflict. Uh, so it's like that's what makes it a more of a story. Let's talk about happy stuff like dead whales. Yeah. Oh, it's not getting any better, guys. We're going to talk about the word of the year. Woohoo! I forgot to think of what mine would be. Start thinking about your word of the year. Oh. We're going to talk about what everybody else's were. So in 2016, do you have off the top what you think the word of the year was? We can come back around to you. If you don't. Like the word of the year for? 2016. But like that everyone used? Whatever your interpretation of the word of the year is. Uh, come back to me. Okay. Okay. Excuse me. Is there an actual answer? No. Oh, no. I mean, okay, uh, people put out what was the word of the year. Like, well, what, are, Miriam, what are some of the... Uh... Merriam-Webster said the wor- word of the year was surreal. Adjective, meaning marked by the intense irrational reality of a dream. Why? Why would that be the word of the year? So a lot of these dictionaries did it based on lookups um, or just based on what they think it should be. So surreal did spike a bunch of times. Didn't fascism, isn't that like one of the most popular words being looked yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, lots of words spiked. Um, the biggest spike for surreal came in November after a U.S. presidential election upended everything that millions of people thought they knew about American politics. Um, so for Merriam-Webster, picking surreal was... Um, I like that you say it. Like it's it's a person and it's her name, <laughs> Miriam. Like, I, yeah, I talked to my friend Miriam Webster, and she was like, you know, there's a dash in there. <laughs> so they say it actually brings some kind of order to somebody's life in that moment. Surreal is a word people turn to when they're trying to bring order to the chaos of the news. So they thought that that best wrapped up 2016 was bringing chaos to the news, which I can't disagree with. Mm-hmm. Dictionary.com's word of the year was xenophobia. Mm-hmm. Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but within the recent not a past, fun word of the year though. No, no. Um, <laughs> there's been a massive surge in lookups that was larger uh, than any of the spikes seen recently. Blah 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 blah. Well, that's, I think that's also because so many people are using that term, and maybe mm-hmm. people don't even know what that means. Like, I mean, yeah. I think you have to look up. Wait, does that mean racism? Does that mean yeah. like? You know, against religion. Yeah, Does that yeah. Mean, like against culture. Yeah, the words get looked up because they're being used so much. Yeah, and that causes the increase in looking them up. Does um, Siri have a word of the year? Like, what if you just take your phone and you say, like, "What is xenophobia?" It's it's like me looking right up now. xenophobia. Like, does that count toward one of these stats? At Dan, I don't know. At um, Oxford Dictionaries, they chose post truth, which is an adjective defined as relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. I like that. Not the concept of it. Yeah. I mean, I like the definition and I would see how that could be like one of the words of the year. And it definitely saw a spike as well and people being like, what the fuck does post-truth mean? Yeah. Uh, but in, it also is something that kind of def- Finds yeah, definitely the times a word or a term that was thrown around this year. Um, or last year. Lastly, slate, which led me to a lot of the dictionary things I looked up. 
Um, this is written by John Kelly, and that's the guy who wrote the dad article from mm, hate. recently. I don't hate I'm just him. kidding. I did hate that article. Um, he wrote that the word of the year is not a word. It's a number, and it's 2016. And he says... That's a really good point. That like people that. like took that word and that year and gave it yes, a character and made it into a person and that wins. had that wins out of everything. Um, like everybody go home 2016. You're drunk. Go back to bed. 2016, 2016, like you too, like the just endless. He said, uh, he has this one thing. He pulled off how a Tumblr user dramatized one, particularly gut punching death. Where 2016 says, all right, fuck you. I'm killing everyone you like. And mm. then you say, fine, we're eight months in. I've built up a soul callus. I'm immune to your evil. And 2016 says, there's nothing more for you. Oh, no. And there's You say, there's nothing more for you to take. And 2016 leans in and says, what about Gene Wilder? <gasps> and then you say, you son of a bitch, 2016. Wow. Mic drop. Yeah. So, Don't so, drop my mic, please. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I won't do that. But this is, um, that definitely is the winner of that list. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you something. Mm-hmm. That segment could have ended with that, but I'm just saying, I have to tell you something. This seems so depressing. Like, I mean, uh, it, I know, I'm sorry. Making me upset. And I know I'm that sorry, 2016 guys. was tough. Like, I'm I sorry, do guys. know that, but I have been heartened by some of the articles that I've seen that say, here are the great things that happened in 2016. And there are some yeah. great things that happen. And so I wish that the, there was a word that could describe that year that was more positive than what we just talked about. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, guys. I feel Can't like really I really, um, hmm. I feel like I really fucked it up. Okay. No, you didn't. That's not your fault. You didn't write that article. Well, I None just, of us can think of a word that describes the positivity of 2016. Yeah, Maybe Tilikum, because Tilikum was alive at that point. That's true. He's probably still siring children. He might have been. This podcast started in 2016. Oh, that's exciting. Good point. Elevated Nation also started in 2016. Good point. Just those two. Just those things. Okay. <laughs> So, Dan, back in your heyday of working in the newsroom, you know, in the on your typewriters, like, yeah, a lot of clicking, yeah, exactly. Breaking news at weddings, yeah. There's always a typewriter at a wedding. Is that true? Well, if you're at like a hipster wedding, I did not know that. Are you supposed to like type a note to the to the bride and groom? Yes. That would actually yeah. be fun. I they're kind of for decor, but some people do use them for like the notes or whatever. Yeah. I would do that because it's anonymous and you could type like a filthy mm. note. Nope. And, <laughs> and not be found out. So many problems. That's not the reason. Okay. Anyway, so what was it like being in that news deck with the click news news pit with the click click clack clack? Uh, and you all wore those hats with the pieces oh, yeah, of paper the, that right. stuck out that said extra. Advisors. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also had to sell the papers. But you had to roll your <laughs> roll your pant legs up halfway and wear like, you know, black tar. And What are some of your good stories about being a journalist or like following style guides? Or do you have any like notable style guide issues that you've had before at the Philadelphia Daily News? 
I didn't really pay much attention to style at <laughs> the Daily I News. You. Um, well, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> You're also it, the reason I would have a job, though. Well, I mean, I did and I didn't. Like, I knew generally what we were supposed to do, and like, I spelled things correctly and stuff like that. But uh, I also like as blogging became more prevalent and mm-hmm. speed and timeliness became a thing. Yeah, you just paid less attention to like, is this? I was more concerned with okay, is this factually correct? Okay, go, and I would put something out. Then like, wait, should I have like? I don't think I really understand what the semicolon is or when it's to be used, so I kind of just do a regular colon and then a bunch of commas. Uh, and I'm also I'm also guilty. I'm an over commaer, but okay. sometimes I'm an under under commaer. Oh wow! How did Dan get a spot on the show? I, oh wow! I mean, well, he's just you know been friends with Brian for like fifteen, well, twenty well, years. Well, my 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 the only rule of commas that I really know. I got you the comma queen. What else do you I'm want? Half, Jesus! Can I be the comma king? I don't know. No, can you? Obviously not. <laughs> well, I do the. Here's what I here's where I comma. Okay. Linda, comma, the person giving me shit about being a guest, comma, <laughs> you know, is sure. wearing a sure. purplish sweater. I, I think that was a fair comma usage. That okay, good comma usage. Both commas were appropriate. But then aren't you also supposed to comma like between actions? Like earlier today, comma, I told my daughter that I burned our dog alive. <laughs> No, but not but that's alive. not between dead. actions. That's between you're setting up the time. So I burned her dead. So you could say like in <laughs> in no, 2016, comma, we did that. Right, right, right. So earlier today, comma, blah blah blah. Yeah, burned dead dogs. Well, there was there was an official <laughs> daily died. news. There was a daily news style guide that was apparently largely copied on the uh, from the AP style guide. All right. But there ha- there was like a couple exceptions. That's fair. Okay. I don't really know what they were. But there was like a pamphlet looking thing and it just had like <laughs> that you ignored. A, mostly, but yeah. when, I don't think I ever got one. I found one. Yeah. Um but I just remember it had like a bunch of words that were commonly misspelled <laughs> and how to spell them. Like for example, there's a popular uh restaurant chain in Philadelphia called Chickies and Pete's. Yes. And it made it very clear that there was an apostrophe S in both words, in both Chickies Because well, that is Pete's. confusing and weird. And that the end is an ampersand, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, so that's That's the like, only thing I really remember from the style guide. I mean, right. that's like Chickies style. Was that typical? Was that just you or is that typical for the newsroom? That to not know like, anything? <laughs> yeah. I was probably just me. But I also kind of made up my own rules sometimes because like, that's your style. Well, man. in a in a news story, you know, you let's say it was about a homicide, it would be like, uh, the victim who was shot on nineteenth street near Walnut. And I was like, I just always thought that sounded stupid. Yeah. So if I was describing a place, like a particular place, I would put parentheses and then like the exact address, but without street or avenue or boulevard or anything like that. Mm. It would just say like, you know, seven fifty South Seventh. Whatever. That was my style. And it usually ran. And then one day, I forget who, some, there was like a new copy editor was trying to show off, I guess. And like everything <laughs> just looked, everything just looked, I was probably a writing copy Everything editor. looked weird the next day. Mm. Now, I actually, to be honest, like all of our editors and copy editors like were really cool and, and like almost always there to help. Except for this one fucker who I had oh a problem with. Yeah. Um, Why did you have a problem? Because I'm, I'm at home. I filed my lead item. Now, here's the problem. Like, 
you write a gossip column, you know, the, the joke is like, oh, you write a gossip column in a town about or you write about celebrities in a town with no celebrities. Yeah, that's sort of true. Yeah. So this one particular day I led my column with uh, I had interviewed Ramona Singer of TV's <gasps> The Real Housewives Pino of New Grigio. York. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Right. So it was very yeah. exciting. Uh, and she Celebrity was going to be my book. She was. Thank you. She was. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, bless you. Can Ramona. Bless you? Ramona brought me to the sneezes. Um, mm. So she was promoting her her wine. She was like doing a signing yeah. somewhere or whatever. Ramona Pino Grigio. So, exactly. Okay. Have you ever had it, Morgan? Okay. Have you ever had it? No, I don't think they sell it anywhere. But that's what she always says. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I had interviewed her and uh, I wrote this. It was short, but like, you know, I'd written an item that basically had the details of why she was going to be in town, what she was doing, and like one or two quotes about like the show or whatever it was. Yeah. So like seven, eight o'clock at night, I get a call and it's this copy editor. Uh, nah, fuck it. No. I was, no. I was about to be like, don't say the name. I'm not libeling him. I'm just saying. Um, everything that you're about to hear is true. We cannot dum, dum. air that. Um, Why not? Do you know him? He's an asshole. I just feel bad. Why would we purposefully make fun of someone? All right. Tell right, the story. Right. I don't think it's making fun. I think he's telling a true There's story. There's a copy editor who I won't name because he's an asshole. Um, and he calls and he's like, I just have a question. Like, why are we running this story? I said, what do you mean? Oh, my God. He goes like, well, why is this, you know, I don't understand how this is a story. I said, I don't know what you mean by that. But he's a copy editor. He's a copy editor. Right. But he'd also like I've I had been writing this column for like eight some odd years at the time or like seven something years or whatever. Like, like, it's a story because the paper prints tomorrow. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Like, like. Because otherwise you have a blank three inches. Well, that's the thing in, in, uh, you know, I have. I'll happily tell you I ran no shortage of just dumb shit because I had space to fill or just because like it wasn't. My wedding announcement. <laughs> I know. Or I was the... like, I'm just recalling the when Dan wrote about when me and Brian got engaged and we ran underneath Chris Brown and Rihanna in Atlantic City. Oh, there you that's go. exciting. Mm-hmm. You're on a similar uh, Back in the heyday. Back in the, back in the heyday. Both seem love so was real. Yeah. Okay, so what did you tell him? Oh, well, so he called. I was like, I don't understand what you mean. He's like, I just don't understand why this woman signing a bottle of wine or whatever, why is this an issue? I said, because she's on a really popular television show. Cause like, and I knew that this guy didn't own a TV. I was like, right. I know that you don't like do TV or whatever, yeah. but a lot of people do. <laughs> it's a very popular show. Yeah. And he's like, well, I just, you know, I just feel like the whole thing looks like you just wrote this. What did you get, a bottle of wine or something? And that was, I was oh. like, listen, man. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. That's the fucking story. I don't have a separate item. You either run nothing mm-hmm. or we run that. But like I assure you, this is a popular television program. Yeah. And she's going to be in the area signing wine. And I think I even she's used She's still a big deal. Well, yeah. I hate I hate, you know, you hate being in the position of arguing or against yourself, but I probably said to him I know I've run worse. What's the problem? <laughs> like, I don't understand why this is a problem yeah. when many other things weren't. Yeah. Yeah. For example, the wedding and or engagement of Brian and Morgan. Yeah, exactly. But not when I spilled wine on Robert Duvall's well, shoes. And I, if I recall correctly, I mentioned whenever I had occasion to reference Brian, <laughs> I would reference that he once drunkenly heckled screen legend Robert Duvall. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I went yeah. in the next day and I had... Uh, 
I never really had it out with this guy. I basically just never talked to him again. Um, but I did talk to like his, uh, like the copy desk chief who was very surprised by the, mm. uh, by the conversation and disheartened even. Mm. Well, and that's also a weird step for the copy editor to take, no? Like he doesn't decide what goes in the paper Well, content-wise. Well, that's what I thought. But technically he's like the last line of defense. And I actually just realized that uh, that was not true, that we never talked again. Because after we got off the phone, I think I was like seething and like sent him like a shitty note mm. that he then wrote back to. Mm. And then I like I think it yeah it kept going over email for a little bit <laughs> because what I had taken exception to like out of, kind of out of nowhere he was like well I, personally I don't think that your column even belongs in the paper and I was like you realize a lot of people buy the paper to read my column I was like not and I'm not saying that to be a dick or whatever but like right. it was but among, also who asked it was basically but it was among <laughs> one of the more popular things that they had um, well outside of sports yeah look news is news there's always going to be news or whatever. Um, sports was huge, but like in terms of like regular features, like and things that like were in the paper. Yeah, I think it was among the more uh, popular ones. But he, you know, he said, "I don't even think your column should appear," or whatever it was. He was like waiting for something to like yeah, call like, you but on I, to like say all these other. But things. I don't know what I had done to like trigger any of this. But yeah. then I responded because this was true. This is what pissed me off when he said that it shouldn't run. Like two or three years before, like, he and his wife collaborated on some stupid, like, uplifting poster or some bullshit <laughs> like, that was, like, full of positive messages or something. Yeah. And, like, I wrote an item about it. I was like, oh, act now and get this uplifting, beautiful poster. Whatever bullshit. it was. Yeah. With, well, I think I treated it more well, respectfully. No, I know. But I said, like, that's not what you said when you had me plug your, I don't think I said your stupid poster. I think I said, like, your book or whatever it was. And he's like, well, just because I understand that, you know, people might read it and it was a good place to, you know, get visibility doesn't mean I approve or whatever. And I was like, fuck you, man. All that, right. uh, just All get right. out of here. Yeah. That's basically how it ended. Damn. Damn. One of the weirder experiences that I had uh, while doing the column was uh, basically I had heard a story from a friend of mine that uh, a woman that he knew had sex with mel gibson in 2001 when he was in philly shooting the movie signs and i was like man i would love to use that but now it's like five years later okay or six years later how, how is this ever going to be relevant <laughs> um so thankfully was because, he like married or anything at the oh time? yeah yeah, yeah okay. very much so married okay. father of four or five whatever Ooh. um so the patriot had probably just come out i, I like to think still possibly. totally undercover racist well, that's where we're heading. Yeah. Thankfully. Um, because I kind of, I, I'm of the belief that a good story, you know, can always be told, but like you kind of need mm. a context for it. All right. So, okay. So I have this fact in the back of my head about Mel Gibson supposedly having sex with this girl um, in 2001. So he goes, he gets uh, arrested or whatever the DUI goes off about the Jews. Light bulb. Goes off in my head because this was a Jewess that he banged. So oh. wait, is Jewess racist? <laughs> I don't, I'm a Jew. It's cool. It's I'm I'm gonna okay. I'm sticking with Jewess. All right. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I, I'll allow it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was like, I basically framed it into saying, you know, 
Well, we know Mel Gibson had at least one very close relationship with, uh, with one Jewish woman in 2001 while shooting signs. And at the time, I had asked his people for comment and stuff like that. Yeah. But I was like, had zero doubt in the information. I can't say exactly why, but sure, I can sure. say that I was had the utmost uh, wow. belief that this had occurred. I didn't name her or anything like mm-hmm. that. Although, interestingly, the New York Daily News like showed up at her house. Like someone else must have found Weird. out wow. and like tried to uh, interview her. But anyway. That's not even the best part of the story. So I write this story, and I I'm at I go into work that day. You know, I don't think anyone really cared or whatever. Um, my phone rings, and I was like, you know, hey, and uh, <laughs> or however I answer the phone. Actually, you know, what? I always said, I used to call you at work all the time in my old job, and you never said hey. Hey. <laughs> you no, used to I, be like Dan Gross or something yeah, like I, that. Yeah, I would say da- I would say Daily News Dan Gross because yeah. when I worked there as an editorial assistant like I was like the first person that you would call if you were calling and like I felt like I had to say daily news and then I would state my name and it just kind of stuck um anyway so I answered the phone it's like that motherfucker I thought I was the only one I was like what <gasps> Whoa. I said, who is this what are you talking about and it's this woman talking oh a mile God. a minute she goes you know I was with Mel Gibson I can't believe he was with somebody else and blah blah I said I said so I was like, did she say anything anti-Semitic? She, not the, not on the phone with okay. me. During the taping of Signs, she thought he she was his only correct. liaison. That is correct. Wow. She, I, I, after all right, I I once I understood what she was talking about, I had to get into okay, this happened a lot too. I had to get into keep the person on the phone mode. Yeah. Because like at that point, I didn't have her name, I didn't have her phone number. I was yeah. like, I want to hear more about this, but I want to hang up. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what is this? So she's like. I was sleeping with Mel Gibson, you know, while he was here and he told me that I was the only one and blah, blah, blah. Like, I could prove it to you. I have pictures. And I'll, does she have naked pictures of him? I said, I'm sorry. Did you say you have naked pictures of Mel Gibson? <laughs> and she said, yes. So then it became like, I need to get these photos yeah. from her. Yeah. Um, even just to see like about the uh, were, accuracy of them. Were they digital? Because in 2001, you printed everything out, right? I... I I don't know what most people did. In 2001, uh, she had Polaroid Okay, okay. Film. That's good enough. I saw... Um, this was the years later, though. Like five years this later. Was, this was in 2006. In yeah. August of 2006. She so was... She you were looking at... Or, she... Uh, July this affair meant so much to her that she was upset five years later. She was upset five years later, and thankfully she had kept these Polaroids. Uh, there were three pictures. Woman. One had Mel Gibson holding his penis... While talking on the phone, and she, I saw that one. That's the only one I saw. To who? She, uh, to a cab company. She <gasps> told me that he was. That was him calling a taxi, presumably post-coitally. Wow. Um, who was taking the photo? She was. Oh, okay. I thought again post-coitally. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm imagining, uh, even though you just said that these were Polaroids, I'm imagining that he's sending them to her. But that's not no, no, no. no that didn't in, happen no, back in, in her, the day. He was in her kitchen, nude. Wow. Holding his Did penis. Did you pay her for these pictures? No. Damn, that woman. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not bright. Exactly. I tried to several times. I tried to help her sell the pictures. Yeah. Uh, I was always told like, oh, we don't, you know, we wouldn't pay for, well, also money was always an issue and they were always laying people off and stuff. Right, right, right. It didn't occur to me like, oh, maybe I can get money to, Did she, to sorry, buy these pictures. Did she pictures. send you the Polaroids? No. Okay. She. I never had the actual Polaroids. I had printed, her, right? I had like 
Xerox a, a copies of, a Polaroid. of the Polaroids that were like hand messengered to me. Oh, uh-huh. I Meaning, just saw them on your phone and you took a picture of it, right? Yeah, I took a okay. picture of the right Xerox okay. of so, a picture. Yeah, yeah, the pictures never ran anywhere unless yeah. you happen to see my phone. Okay. Um, but I had tried to hook her up with the National Enquirer to mm-hmm. sell the photos. Yeah. And you know she chickened out or whatever. She also had like a handwritten note to him. That like didn't or from him mm-hmm. that like didn't really make any sense. Um, mm. Something about Frank Sinat knows like that was his alias. I guess that he was like at the hotel under. <laughs> what um, a loser! Well, it was like Heil Hitler. Frank Sinat knows. Well, so you know, I read that story once. We confirmed like the editors were convinced they knew we couldn't run the photos because we didn't have permission. Yeah. Um, but once they were convinced of the uh, accuracy of the story, and we gave. Gibson's people a chance to comment, which they didn't. Right. Um, we're like, all right, fuck it. So we'll run it. So the story is basically, you know, second woman claims, you know, this yeah. and that. Sorry, was um, this in your column? Yeah, it was, was, it was okay. in my column. Was part of the column. Um, I just remember referring to him as, I said that the actor, in one photo that we saw, the actor was seen holding his not so lethal weapon <laughs> while, while, while talking on the, you know, while talking on a, a rotary Aww. phone or something like that. Oh man! So all of a sudden, then everyone's like, "What? Let me see this picture. Let me see yeah, the picture." Yeah. So I'm like running around. It wasn't even a BlackBerry. It was a Trio 650. Yes. Um, okay. Damn. That I had to like go up to the publisher's office and like he and like these other executives were all there and wanted <laughs> to, to see the picture and like why didn't we buy these pictures i was like why didn't i think of just going straight to you right instead of the editors who yeah. were like coming at it from like a more like yeah we don't do something like this but she wouldn't have sold it anyway because like even a couple times like, she backed out yeah and once or twice since then because i had told this story to someone who worked in like a national uh gossip outlet and then he got all hot for wanting the, the pictures he's like do you still have her number i was like yeah so he's like, can you ask her if she'll sell them? I was like, sure. So like two or three times between 2006 and now, I have tried to get her to sell these pictures. Ultimately, what I would have done, I mean, if I were these uh, outlets, I kind of figured, I think I encouraged this too. I was like, why don't you just run them? I was like, I gave yeah. them to you. You have them. The only way you get in trouble is if she decides to out herself as the person by like, how's she going to sue you for running her pictures? And then Mel Gibson's going to have her name and address and phone number because she's come forward. Yo, well, Peter not even Thiel. so much. Not even so much about he'll fucking get you. Well, not so much about that he can get her, but more like that she's you know because she was married and had kids too. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know. If she, I don't think she was married or had children whilst. Uh, fucking but Mel five Gibson. years later, she did. But yeah, by the time she would have, so that was be, why she didn't want to be. That horny lady. Her husband feels knowing that she harbors resentment for the Jewess that Mel Gibson also. Well, banged. her husband might I, not know, is what we're saying. Uh, but if he did, I can shed some light on this. Oh, the husband, yeah. he's probably a reader. The husband absolutely knows, oh. and was a source, and like had Your been mentioned source? in my column in a couple other ways. And I said to him, I was like. What is wrong with you guys? I was like, I had a $10,000 offer yeah. from the National Enquirer for yeah. her to sell these photos. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we just, it just didn't feel right, man. I was like, it felt right to me. I don't know what your problem is. Thanks for listening, everybody. We it, appreciate it. If you want to know more or see more or learn more, go to drunkwordnerds.com. 
on our word on our word site drunkwordnerds.com <laughs> we have all the words and we also have nude pictures of Mel Gibson so Woo-hoo! tune in actually go to Dan's Twitter for those or email us if you do want to see them we will make that happen for you Dan plug and plug you your leave stuff a review for the website I mean the podcast where can people find podcast. you Dan uh, you can find uh, you can find the site at elevatednation.com on Twitter at elevatednTN Instagram at the Elevated Nation oh, and on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash elevated nation. All right. Do it, people. Smoke weed every day. My pet when I was little, so Beagle the Beagle, oh. yeah, died when I was like five, and he ran away yeah. and got run over by a car. But oh, before shit. we realized that he got run over, we'd like go out and look for him. We'd be in the car, and I had his happy birthday toy. It was an Ewok, squeaky, mm. and. We'd be like looking for him and stuff. And then, like, my dad and his best friend found Bagel on the side of the road, hit mm-hmm. by a car. So they like brought me out to the garage to, they're like, come out here. We have to show you something. Oh, and shit. What do we have to identify him? We have to tell you something. So I go out to the garage. I'm like, in my PJs, I know exactly what I was wearing. And it was like my dad, his best friend, and my mom. And my dad takes his, like, green trash can that was, like, in our garage all the time. And he has it in his hands. And my dad looks so upset. He's, like, crying. He's so upset. And he dumps it out. And along with some newspapers, weirdly, (laughs) my dog comes out, like, and falls falls on our garage floor. This is horrible. (laughs) Yeah. And we're all, like, sitting there and we're, like, crying. I mean, like, everybody's crying. Like, in the whole, like, Was there any warning? No, like I, no like, one I'd said. I'd like to show you something. Yeah, I'd like to dump your dead so dog. So they were onto like, the Bagel died, and I was like, and you were like, no shit, I just saw him <laughs> roll out of a trash can. And so I'm crying. Jesus Dad's crying. Christ. Dad's best friend is crying, and my mom. And then my dad, for I don't know what reason, burned him alive. No, <laughs> he was already he was dead. already dead. <laughs> okay, right. Um, took Bagel, who was stiff as a board, and stood him up. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of cute. And when he let go, oh, dear. he like suspended there for a second. And I go, <gasps> like I thought he was alive. Oh, that's a shame. And then he fell over. <laughs> and I will never forget How that. I was like four or five, like four and a half or five. But the worst part for you is the standing him up, not dumping him the, out of a yeah, trash the can. Stand, no yeah, warning. yeah. It that's was the, the part standing that him up because I thought me. that he was alive. Yeah. Why did they do that to you? I don't know, but I don't let him forget it. Every Christmas I tell that story. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a riveting production.